um, our message this morning. I, I have to say that I was when I asked when I was asked by Pastor Brad to um, give the message. I hadn't written it yet, and so I gave the my best guess of what the title was going to be. So, um, and we're going to be talking about praise. I started off thinking about gratitude, but it turned into praise, um, which we've heard all, already in the uh, call to worship. Um, so, let's hear the word of the Lord. Our reading is from uh, Psalm 148, and if you'd like to follow along, it's on page 582 of the Old Testament in the Pew Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him in the highest heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all the people, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, all and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. In the Gospel of Luke, we'll hear about a response in the temple to the baby, Jesus. Let's hear from Luke. And you can follow along on page 59 in the New Testament of the Pew Bible. A reading from Luke's Gospel, second chapter, verse 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought, the, brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, 
according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Simeon took the baby in his arms and praised God. Anna began to praise God and speak about the child. Something they saw in him, something revealed to them in this child. Salvation, a light for revelation, glory for his people, redemption. How did they see all of that? in a little baby lying in his mother's arms. And they praised God. This is the New Year's morning of our faith, a new beginning full of promise, a chance to start over and change the world, or at least lose five pounds. We're optimistic. Our Savior is here and all is right with the world. Of course, we never do lose those five pounds, or if we do, we gain them back. And the world is still pretty messed up. And as we walk with Jesus on his Paschal journey, we realize that bad things happen, terrible things to people we love. Our faith hits low moments. Doubts creep in, fears, sorrow. But right now, Anna is praising the child in the temple, and his parents are amazed at what they hear. It's a New Year's moment, a perfect moment, filled with expectation. So how do we hold on to this joy? How do we make it last? How do we sustain our faith as the holidays fade away? Ordinary life seeps back in. The tree is taken down, the nativity put away, and we break our first resolution. Well, we can pray. In her book, Traveling Mercies, Annie Lamott claims the two best prayers she knows are, help me, help me, help me, and thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And, and there is some liturgical support for this, actually, as we see in our prayer of the people, the Help Me Prayer, and the Hallel, or Hallelujah Prayers of Praise. It seems logical that we pray for help in times of need, and praise God when good things are happening. But faith isn't logical. St. Paul said, pray always. And I take that to mean praise always. I think our faith is deepened. Our relationship with God is deepened when we praise God no matter what. What does it tell God about us if we say, I love you in good times, Lord, but when bad times come, and we know they will, I start asking, why me, God? How could you do this to me? If we only ask God for help when we need something, I think we risk making our relationship with God a little utilitarian. Pray, please God, I need a job. Please God, help me pay off my debt. But more than that, we, we may close our minds to what God wants for us, which is so much bigger than anything we can imagine asking for. And if we only praise God when things are going well, we risk slipping into a sense of entitlement and forgetting that it's all a gift. Maybe it's when we're most content with our lives that we most need to say, help me. Help me, Lord, not to be proud, not to take you for granted, to never forget the gift. Ignatius of Loyola said, you should not fix your desire on health or sickness, wealth or poverty, success or failure, and long life or short. For something, everything, everything has the potential of calling forth in you a deeper response to your life in Christ. Everything has the potential of calling forth in you a deeper response to your life in Christ. I saw a woman on the news once, and I'm going to try not to choke up. Every time I try to tell this story, it chokes me up. I'll never forget her. It was after Hurricane Katrina, and the newscasters were interviewing people in a Red Cross shelter. You know how they do, and they put the microphone, how are you feeling? And you've lost everything. So uh, there were hundreds, at least, of people in this Red Cross shelter who had become suddenly homeless. And they came up to this woman and put the microphone uh, up to her. And she said, God has been good to us. We have our family. We have our health. God is good to us. I heard that and I thought, I have a lot to learn. The words didn't come easily to her. You could... You could see her struggling with the tears, the fatigue, the missed meal, sleeping on the floor. But she said it. She wouldn't let herself say anything else. That's what I call a heavy praise lifter. When we praise God in the midst of our sorrow, we're affirming our trust in God's faithfulness. We're in fact turning toward God and responding to our lives First in and through him. The hymn we sang this morning, Great is Thy Faithfulness, can be traced to the prayer that observant Jews speak on waking. 
מודי אני לפניך, מלך חי וחיים, שכך עזרת בי נשמתי בחמלה רבה אמונתך. I offer thanks to you, living and eternal God, for you have mercifully restored my soul within me. Thy faithfulness is great. You've restored my soul to my body? We don't know how that works. That's a mystery. How does, how does God do that? Praise God. And Jesus, Jesus restores our soul to God. Great is the faithfulness of the Lord. Isaiah 6.3 is a central part of our liturgy that we also inherit from the Jewish liturgy. Holy, holy, holy is our God. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Adonai sabaot. The Hebrew root for holy is kadosh, which means other, set apart, <coughs> completely distinct and unknowable. That's why they set apart the Sabbath day, to be completely different from ordinary days. And we Christians used to do that, set the whole day aside. I don't know, some of us, we don't have time for that anymore, but at least we come to church and pray. I'd like to do, I'd like to do Shabbat, a 24-hour setting aside here in the church, but we'll talk about that later. Um, the rest of that verse, though, the rest of that verse, the whole earth is full of his glory. Holy is our God. The whole earth is full of his glory. He's completely other, and yet our world reveals him. You and I reveal him. How humbling is that? Some of you may remember Lily Tomlin uh, playing Trudy the Bag Lady in, yeah, in um, Jane Wagner's play, The Search for Intelligent Life in the Universe. I love that character. She talks about awe. She talks about looking at the stars. And she says, as usual, I felt in awe. And then I felt even deeper in awe at, at this capacity we have to be in awe. And I became even more awestruck at the thought that I was in some small part, in some small way, a part of that which I was in awe about. And this feeling went on and on, awe infinitum, which is another way of saying praise always. She goes on to say that the moment, at the moment you are most in awe of all you don't understand, you're closer to understanding it than at any other time. Our faith comes shrouded in mystery in the garments of dusk and dawn. The liminal, in-between, caught unawares moments that give us a glimpse of something more. That's what we praise. Even in our suffering, God is holy. Praise God. And even when times are great, God is holy. Help us, God, to remember that it's you, ever unknowable, and yet so close to us. Help us remember that it's you that matters, first and foremost, you that gives us the gift of grace. And if when we praise God, we turn to him in awe, that's a New Year's moment. And if when we turn to him in awe, we're humbled, that's a New Year's moment. And if in our humility we're reminded of, un of our unworthiness, it's a chance for a new beginning. 
And if in our unworthiness we're reminded that even so, even so, he gave us the gift of Jesus. The new year is breaking over us. Praise God. God is here. Praise God. God is born. Praise God. The Lord has come among us. Praise God. Praise God. <laughs>